it says I can be, and I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit being in this place. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes away our sin. Father, I pray as I step back that the Holy Spirit, who is the true teacher, will step up and minister to everyone here so no one will leave this place spiritually unfed. And we thank you in advance for our lives changing for the better and for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word as your word has promised. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're currently in a series entitled Daring Faith. Say Daring Faith. And the whole purpose of the series is to stir your faith up to achieve more. Say achieve more. Believe more and receive more. And so this morning I, I want to talk to you uh, about faith to pursue. Faith to pursue. Because many times without works behind our faith, we think we have faith when we're really just believing and we've learned so far that if you're going to have faith about something, faith has to have action or works with it. And so the word pursuit means an effort to attain something. So basically this morning, I want to wrap the faith concept around using your faith to pursue whatever God's put in your heart or in your life. Now, everyone, so I, I can get everybody on the same page, I'm going to do a quick review. Everybody say quick review. I'm going to go over some principles and some points that I've made so far. And I'm going to demonstrate a powerful example again because I not only will, I think it will help you not only see how faith works, but also understand what phase of faith you may be in. See, one of the things I'm going to show you this morning is that faith has phases or you could use the word components with it. And when you know what phase of faith you're in, it's easy co to continue in faith because you know what phase you're in. In other words, it's like going to school. If you have six periods, when you get down to period number five, you can get, start relaxing, so to speak, because you know that the end of the day is almost near. Well, when you understand what phase of faith you're in, then it keeps you connected. Can you say amen to that? So if you'll grab your Bibles, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews 6, we're going to look in verse 12. And then after you find Hebrews 6, 12, I want you to find Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. We'll go to that one second. That was Hebrews 6, verse 12. And then Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. And I'm going to ask four men to come uh, on the stage for me. Four men to come on the stage. Now, we have defined faith to mean to be persuaded, say to be persuaded, to have assurance, and to have conviction. We're going to say that again. Say to be persuaded, to have assurance, and to have conviction. 
That's what the word faith means in the New Testament. Now, we have discovered. Now, uh, I'll tell you who you are in the whole process. So you can just stay in the order that you're in. We've learned so far that when we hear the word. Now, there are several ways to hear the word. You can hear the word through preaching. Say preaching. You can hear, hear the word through teaching. Say teaching. You can hear the word through confessing. Say confessing. There's, those are ways you can hear the word. Now, here's why you need to hear the word on a regular basis. You can't just hear the word once a week because if you do, faith only comes once a week. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let me ask you a question. How many of you eat on a regular basis every day? Let me see your hand. Well, guess what? Jesus compared the word, or watch this, faith to, to food. That's why he said, man shall not live by bread alone. What he was really saying is, your faith life is just a more important than your food life. Amen. So if you eat the word one day a week, guess what? You only have faith to come one day a week. So we've learned that faith will come when the word is heard. Say, faith will come. When the word is heard. Now Romans 10, 17, you don't have to turn there. It says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which we now understand to mean that faith will come or watch this now, the conviction of the truth will come or my ability to be persuaded for what God has promised me will come when I hear the word. Amen. Now we've also discovered that, uh, that when faith comes, watch this, it attracts the promises of God. Last week we learned that the promises, they may not all come overnight because something that we discovered, something was between faith and the promise. Now, uh, I, want, I want the first guy, come on out, and uh, you're going to represent faith because I'm the word. So I'm going to confess the word out of my mouth that says that God will give, delight myself in the Lord, and he will give me the desires of my heart. Well, one of the desires of my heart is a building, okay? And so that's one of the constant things that I would say. As I say that, who's coming? Faith is coming. Now, faith has come for me in that area already, and I'm going to tell you why. Because this week when I drove by the land, I didn't say, Father, thank you for our building. I said, it's done in Jesus' name. <laughs> I just drove by and said, it's done. So that's my confession now. You know why it's done? Because faith has come. So then we learned last week that when faith comes, the promises come. Okay? So come on, Mr. Promise. Mr. Promise comes. All right? Because we learned in Hebrews chapter 11, you can look, I mean, uh, uh, Romans chapter uh, it's Hebrews 11, verses 32, and it talked about that they obtained the promises by faith. So promises come. Scoot up a little bit, Mr. Promise. Now, most of us, this was our mentality until last week. Last week, we discovered that there's something in between these two guys. So when we ask God for something, and it doesn't happen automatically, most people get discouraged. But now, I want you to turn over, and they're going to put it on the screen. Well, they can put it on the screen. You don't have to turn there. Unless you want to. Hebrews 6, 12. You should have already found it by now. Let's read it. It said that you be not slothful, but followers of those who through faith and what? Faith and what else? Patience. Patience. What happens? 
He's saying in order for your faith to obtain this promise, there's something in between those two, and it's called patience. So come on out, Mr. Patience. Now Mr. Patience is coming, and he's going to step between Mr. Faith and Mr. Promise. So now I know that I need to learn how to be patient and watch God work some things out. But I found out something. There's a verse in Galatians 9. You can write it down. Galatians 6 verse 9. This is what it says. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. I have discovered that even though believers have faith and even though some of them exercise patience, guess what? They still don't receive the promise because they get weary in the process. Now let me just throw this out to you. Notice we read earlier, it says, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. God's put me in your life so you can just look and say, well, if Pastor Epic can hold up, I can hold up. Well, Pastor, I've been believing for a new husband for eight years. Well, I've been believing for a building for ten. You got two more to go, baby. <laughs> See, I just switched on y'all like that. It's all good, though. Okay, so people get weary. Well, I've discovered another phase. Say another phase. There's another phase of faith that people fail to see. And I've discovered that this phase of faith will help a person hold up until the promise comes. How many would like to know what it is? All right, good. So here's the question. What can we do to not quit while we are patiently waiting on the promise of God? That's a million-dollar question, isn't it? All right, we'll go to Hebrews chapter 12. Go, go to Hebrews 12, and we're going to look in verse 1. Now, my men are here, and I'm going to make sure they all get a free CD since they weren't able to focus on the message. So don't worry about it, guys. I got you covered. All right, y'all listening. Pray come by here and praise the Lord. All right, Hebrews chapter 12. Now, I'm about to answer the question. How and what do you and I need to do in order to not get weary until the promise comes? Because sometimes the promise takes longer than what we expected. See, here's what I've discovered. Ask me what I've discovered. I've discovered that God is trying to do more in you than just for you. See, there are other components and people in the situation. And while God is teaching you patience, he's still working on the outcome. Amen. So, Hebrews 12, look in verse 1. It says, wherefore seeing... We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which easily beset us. And let us run with what? Patience the race that is set before us. Look at the next word. What is it? Looking. Looking to who? He said, listen, while you're on your way to pursuing your promise, while you're on your way to believe in God, while you're standing in faith through adversity, notice what he says. He says, you need to look to something. He says, look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And then he's about to show us how Jesus got through. He says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. In other words, he was able to endure the situation or to wait and see God's will come to pass in his life because, watch this, he was able to see the joy set before him. Everybody say, there's another phase. Let me show you. I'm going to read it out of the message translation. 
and then I'm going to show you what that next phase of faith is. Hebrews 12, 2 in the message translation says this. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight. Say sight. He's never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever, and now he's there in the place of honor right alongside of God. He was saying because Jesus had a vision of where he's going, he was able to stand and go through where he is. So guess what? The million dollar answer to the question is we must have vision for the promise. It says, looking unto Jesus. So that means while I'm standing in faith, while I'm being patient and waiting on the promise, I need to be looking at something. Everybody say vision. Now, I'm going to give you a concept that may be foreign to some of you all today, but that's okay because I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture first. Now, so watch this now. Everybody say vision. So now this handsome man in this jacket, he's going to be vision. Now, it looked like vision would be behind the promise. But it ain't behind the promise because the promise is the end result. Vision now comes. Come on, Mr. Vision. Vision is now going to come right here in front of faith. Because this is going to help this, which helps this, which gets this. Are you with me? Now, go to 1 Samuel. Go to 1 Samuel. Go to 1 Samuel. No, no, go to back of chapter 2. Might as well go there. I gave you that verse. Uh, you know what? I think you all have this. Y'all got this? Okay, y'all give my men a big hand. Come on. Thank you, men. Appreciate that. We must have vision so that we have the stamina to stand even though our flesh wants to quit. Our flesh wants to give up. Our flesh wants to run. Listen, if you want to see extraordinary results in your life, you have to begin to see something you're not currently seeing. Now watch this now. I'm going to show you something. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Are you there? Say, I'm there. It says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the what? Vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that read it. Watch this now. Because when there's vision, there has to be patience. For the vision is yet for what? An appointed time. He says, but at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, be patient for it because that vision will surely come and not tarry. The word vision there means to mentally see. It means to dream or have a revelation. So God says, whatever dream or desire or vision you and I have, watch this, it must be seen. And see, most people, they write down some, t- some people. Did you know that 50% of people who write down their goals make them? That just shows that 50% of people, well, 100% of people who don't write goals don't make them. I mean, you might, you might every now and store, uh, stumble on them, but, but here's the thing. God is a planner. Now, I know some of you all don't like planning, and that's fine. But when you understand the purpose of planning, it'll help you. 
See, God could have made the whole world in one day. Do y'all believe that? Why would God take six days to do it when he could have done it in one? And then on the seventh day, God decided to not work overtime. Because I'm talking to somebody right now. You wearing yourself out with that overtime. Your wife mad at you right now. And your excuse is, I got to pay these bills. That would, look, if God rested on the seventh day, you can, uh-huh. <laughs> but we know it's not him over time. That's praise the Lord. Will that one day really make a difference? Probably not. I'd rather trust God and stay at home and chill. Now, see, Sabbath don't mean stop from worship. It means stop from work. So all this, I'm tired, I'm going to stay at home because I've been working all week. Well, God been working all week too. <laughs> you see that attitude I just gave you right there? Okay, let me get back into it. Let me get back. <laughs> Everybody say vision. Here's the thing. In order for us to pursue and possess what God puts in our heart, we must get vision. And after writing down your dreams and desires, you got to pursue them. And many Christians, they don't pursue their dreams. They just sit around and talk about them. Amen. Now, this is what I mean by vision. What would my life look like with that new baby I wanna, I'm believing God for? That's the promise. What's the vision? The vision is see yourself with this new baby. See yourself driving your new car if that's what you want. See yourself doing it. Listen, you don't get it and then see it. You see it and then get it. See yourself married. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know how he looks. It don't matter. It does matter. That's your problem. That's your problem. Right there. Well, is, is it a new business? See yourself, instead of getting to, going to work, see yourself going to your own office. Amen. If, if it's better school grades, see those grades. See the A's. Don't see the D's. Amen. And let me show you. I'm going to show you two people that this happened for in, in the Bible. I'm going to give you a personal example. And then I'm going to challenge you to do this this week. Watch this now. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, 1 Samuel 17, this was a story about David and Goliath. Now, I'm not going to read the whole story, but I'm just going to explain what happened. David's dad has sent him to his brothers and said, listen, stop watching the sheep. Go get your brothers. Send them some lunch. He gets there to his brothers in verse 22. It says, and David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper and of the carriage, and ran into the army, and he came and saluted his brothers. And as he talked, verse 30, uh, 23, as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. And David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they ran with fear. Verse 25. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that's come up here? Surely to defy Israel he's come up. And it shall be that the man who kills this man, the king is going to enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. David said, what? For real? 
That's 2015. Word? <laughs> I mean, that's what I would say, you know. David spake to the men around him and said, What shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine? David couldn't believe what he heard. Watch this. He said, What shall be done to the man that killed this Philistine and take away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be to the man that killed him. And then David's older brother said, heard him and said, David, you came down here. Look, you're supposed to bring us lunch. You spo- Where the Papa John's at? I know your pride and your naughtiness. Everybody say hate them. Yeah, see? And when you're pursuing your, your dreams and when you're pursuing the things that God has put in your heart and when God begins to elevate your life, you're going you're gonna to see migration take place in your life. Everybody say migration. See, success breeds migration. When you say, Pastor, what's migration? See, when you, were, when you were on the level with all your friends and family, everybody was cool. But when God starts blessing you and starts elevating you, what, what, what family, family and friends now slowly migrate into frenemies. Now, a frenemy is easy to spot because a frenemy is an enemy and a friend at the same time. Sometimes they're happy for you, and then sometimes they're not. Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay, so just know when success starts coming, when you start seeing frenemies, and, and they don't even know they're doing it. That's the sad part. One moment, they're like, oh, you, you, know, the, you, you know, your mom or so-and-so. Oh, my son or my daughter's doing this and this and this. And, this. and then the next thing you know, you're on your phone with your mom. She's like, oh, so you're better than us now? You can't come to dinner? She has migrated just at that moment into a friend of me. That's fine. But see, sometimes when people migrate, they stay over there. And then a friend of me starts now moving over into the enemy section. Now, sometimes you just got enemies. You say, and if you don't think you have enemies, you, you're sadly mistaken. If God has enemies, you got some. The, the Bible says in Psalm 23, God is going to prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. You just, you got some, you just don't know who they are. You'll figure it out because they smile in your face and all the time they want to take your place. <laughs> when they move over into the enemy camp, that's when they lie on you, cheat on you, talk about you. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. So don't, look, don't even try to defend yourself. I don't waste energy on enemies. Because why should I try to fix something God has already told me he would fix? Now, I, I, I do try to manage my frenemies properly. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't take your frenemies over to your house. They're they, 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 they not going to like that. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, so, you, oh, so, 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 so. Do you know any other words? So check this out. David's older brother gets upset with him. Watch what David did. I love this. This is so good. And I got a few minutes and that's wonderful. Watch this now. Verse 29. David said, what have I done now? Is there a reason? He turned from him towards somebody else and said, 
What did the king say he would do again? And if you read, they said it to him again. And let me tell you why that's important. Because when they told David what the reward was, it produced vision. He saw himself married to the king's daughter. Now remember, if you can see it, you can have faith for it. And so now here, same thing happened. Same thing happened with Abraham. Abraham came to God. He says, God, listen, I don't know what you're going to do, but I still don't have no kid. That's okay to remind God. It's okay to remind God. God, I still don't have a kid. That's what Abraham said. And you know what God told Abraham? He says, Abraham, you know what? He says, I'm going to give you a son. He says, but I want you to do something, Abraham. He says, I want you to look up in the sky and look at all those stars. He said, you see those? He says, yeah. He says, now I want you to pretend that all those stars have faces on them because that's how much offspring you're going to have from the kid I promised you. He was giving Abraham vision. And that's why Abraham was able to hold on so long. Do you know that he was almost 100 when he had his son? Why was he able to hold on so long? Because he had a vision of what God promised him. So I'm saying to you today, what has God promised you? What's in your heart? You say, Pastor, I don't know what's in your heart. Make something up. See yourself out of debt. Amen. Get on the internet. Write a fake check. Put a million dollars on it with your name on it. And then print it out and just sit it on your desk. And just say, Father, thank you for a million dollar check coming in my life in Jesus' name. You see, some of y'all going, I don't know about all that. Well, I'd rather do it and it work than to not do it and it does work. Amen. Abraham. Then one time, I guess Abraham got weary. He took him to the sand of the sea. He took him to the beach. See, that's why you need to go on vacation. God will speak to you on vacation. How many have been on vacation this, this, this year? Man, God will speak to you if you will let him right there on the beach. And the Bible says that, he said, look down. Now look at the sands of the sea. He says, can you count them? He says, no. He said, that's going to be your descendants one day. Vision helped Abraham Stand patiently and waiting. And that's why Pastor Evan look at this all the time. I show it to anybody who seems just this much interested. And then I really show it to the haters that say, when y'all moving to y'all building? I say, have you seen it? I take them to the website. Look at that. Isn't that nice? You know what? Because see, here's the deal. When you're standing in faith, God's only wanting you to trust him. You're trusting him. Listen, you can't make it happen. If we could make it happen, we would brag about it. Sometimes God wants something done that's so big, you can't even get credit for it anyway. Amen. I mean, they, they don't, you were not the brightest in high school. You know how they had, you know, uh, most likely to succeed and best dress. And I didn't get none of those. But I tell you what, I'd rather stand and believe and trust God for my life. And I come out a whole lot better than somebody who had 50 degrees. So how are we going to end this? Here's how you're going to end it today. Because you've got to become reward conscious. Say reward conscious. Uh, a few years ago, uh, heaven stayed up late. I don't know what was going on. We was, we, I don't know if we were, 
out late or whatever, but she stayed up late and she had to get up early to go to school. And uh, she was miserable, tired. And you know how when you're mad, you ain't in a good mood, you just, you know, you ain't iron your clothes. You just, well, and she was all upset. And uh, as we were driving to school, I said, well, heaven, what's wrong? She told I'm tired, I don't want to do and I don't want to go to class today, and I got to get up too early, and I don't like school. And you know how it is, right? I said, well, I say what? I tell you what, why don't we just skip school today and go on a shopping spree? For real? <laughs> oh, girls' attitude changed like that. Her attitude changed because I gave her a vision. Now, of course, I said, no, nah, we're still going to school today. But my point was her attitude shifted just like that. You want your attitude to shift? Get a vision. Amen. Stop looking at what you don't have and start looking at what you do have. Man, I could just see myself driving up to our new building. See, some of you all don't really have a true vision of our new facility because what you don't realize is some of you all are going to be called to work there and you don't even know it. Oh, you really think that God's just going to move us there to just have church as normal? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're going to be in the paper all the time. Church fed a million people. Uh, church started a new school. Yeah, church started an airport. Oh, church has some restaurants. Oh, church has some hotels, a whole string of them. Church started another church. Church started five more churches. Church has a hundred churches. <laughs> Y'all better leave me alone. See, get out the box. Didn't nobody create it but you. God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all you can ask or think. He didn't say I couldn't think it. So what you're going to do this week? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to realize this morning and you're going to become vision conscious. Say vision conscious. So quickly. I have a vision board right here. Now, you can't see it that well, but I'm going to just describe some things on here. Uh, this person has bling effect on theirs. Uh, this is not past ribbon because I would not put lady shoes on mine. Well, maybe I would because, no, I wouldn't because I can just buy the shoes I want for my wife. So, look at this. Uh, this person here has, ooh, a nice home. Uh, they have money on here, favor. They have, uh, uh, what kind of car is that? That is, that's a Maserati. Praise the Lord. They have a $1 million uh, bill. I don't know if those are real. Are those real? It's a good visual though. Actually, they have, to, I guess this is their summer home and this is their regular home. How many know you ought to have more than one home? Oh, yeah. They have, you know, accessories for their birthday wish. They have here a uh, uh, Gucci watch and some and, ooh, Gucci purses and, and some of those red bottom shoes. And they got a diamond ring from Tiffany's and a nice... Wedding dress, which means that they're believing to be married. This right here, 
as simple as it looks, stirs up vision in you. You walk by here and you see that, you know what it does? It should create faith. And let me tell you why. Because we are designed to say what we see. The problem is we do it on the negative side. So God wants us to say, that's why he told Abraham, listen, I'm going to change the name. I'm going to change it from Abram to Abraham. So every time Abraham said his name, the word Abraham means the father of many nations. So every time he said, himself, said his name, he saw what God was saying. So now you pass by this, Father, thank you for my wedding in Jesus' name. <laughs> so, Pastor, uh, what if I say those things and they don't exactly happen like I say them? Well, let me say it like this. The Bible says you will have what you say. So let me flip that verse. You will not have what you don't say. So my question, let me let you answer your own question that I just posed. Is it better to say it or not? Look at your neighbor and say, you better start saying it. So pick one. Yeah, say it, say it. Oh, Papa Jack in the house. Better watch it. He's in the house. Listen. <laughs> Daddy, it's right there. That's the original say it, say it. Be the first one, that was an invitation. That, that segment, that was it right there. That was it right there. I want you to take one thing this week that you need to say. Now, let me just quiz my, my church. What is going to happen when you say stuff? Vision's going to come. But what else comes? Faith comes. So begin to just say it. Right now, there's somebody who want to go to school and you're trying, to, you're trying to financially figure it out and God is saying, don't try to financially figure it out. Start pursuing school and I will bring the funds. You see, faith don't wait till all the questions are answered. Did y'all learn something this morning? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap right there. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning... And you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. What do I mean by that? That means that if you died today, you're not...